Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So today we are going to talk about some of my takeaways from the book Word Slut by, oh, I had her name here, Amanda Montel. Y'all ready? All right, let's get it. So have you all ever come across a book that like, just ignites your your mind and and give you this tingling sensation like wow so um I love to learn new things that's when I oh I took a character strength I forgot to tell you all that I took a character strength quiz and um that's like my number two number one is I appreciate beauty and things. And then number two is my love of learning. So whenever I come across a book, and it usually happens with nonfiction, and I learn something new, it just leaves me with this very profound kind of tingling sensation, empowering kind of feel. And it stays with me. And then I just want to share that with everyone. So that's why I'm sharing it with you all. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So one of the things that I was not aware of when it comes to the English language, I knew this about the Spanish language that is very gendered. Um, I didn't know that English was the same and according to Montel, even worse. So that was one of the first things that I learned. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Another thing, other things that I learned, and let's, let's just go through the list, um, was some of the things that, that I do, like the way that I talk can be considered less than uh, because I have the vocal fry in there. I have the, you know, vocal fry when you trail off like this. <laughs> I do that for as long as I can remember. I also use the word like quite a lot. I blame all those high school niñas where when I was growing up and and yeah, and I'm, I'm very, uh, my manner of speaking is very feminine. And according to Montel, this is something that is looked down upon. And if you listen to my very first episode that I did on this season, I'm not saying that that per se was what was criticized, but I went to an assessment where my speech, how I communicated verbally was assessed. And I was giving very poor ratings. (laughs) And 
when I read this book, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) A lot of the things that Montel was describing, I do when I speak. Like I said, I use the word like, I have the vocal fry, I use the filler word quite often, um, and right. So, so yeah, so I, I do that quite often. And all of these things were pointing out, pointed out as well in my assessment. And hence why I was giving a low rating when it comes to that. And after reading this book, I was like, oh my goodness. So perhaps it is because of the biases that are still in our society, very prevalent, where we equate a masculine way of talking as the standard. And when someone doesn't speak like that, then that person is not achieving the standard. Therefore, they will be rated as subpar. And now when it first happened, after I came out of the assessment, I shared the experience with my therapist and I I told her some of the steps that I'll be taking so that way I can get better at, at speaking, at my verbal communication, delivering information to others verbally. And um, she told me, perhaps they just don't like, you know, the, the way that, that women deliver speeches, she explained to me, because I'm in a male-dominated field. So she was saying, perhaps it's that. She was like, perhaps it's not you. Perhaps it's just the environment that you're in. And uh, while I listened to that, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. I still went about my way to try to get, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, better at speaking. But I can't I can't help it. It's hard for me to take away my personality out of it. And um, and part of that is just the way that I talk with that vocal fry <laughs> that, and all those things that are very much me. And yeah, and it just, it, it's, it's very hard to take those away. So after reading this book, it, it validated what my therapist had said, and um, it validated as well that small voice inside my head that I was not listening to because I was really here out to change me. (laughs) So that way I can have a more masculine speech as opposed to the one that I have. Now, let me put a caveat in there in that just because you identify as a woman does not mean that you automatically have a woman, uh, you know, female speech pattern or whatnot and vice versa. You you have it in both genders. Some um, women deliver their speech in a very masculine way, and that is the norm for them. And then while, while others like me, uh, I lean more towards my feminine side when I deliver speech because that's what I'm comfortable with. And to me, that is the norm. So I just, I don't want people to convolute that, that based on your identification that you speak one way or another. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just what you, what side you lean in when you are delivering something in front of people. And I want to think that wherever it is that you're comfortable with, that's usually what you lean towards because it is a very hectic, nerve-wracking thing to deliver speech to a shit ton of people in front of you. At least for me, it is. 
um, because I lean more towards an introvert side. I, I have a little bit of both, but I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. And uh, for me, being in front of a big group of people and delivering speech, it's nerve wracking. So I'm going to go and lean towards home, towards what is comfortable for me. And for me is a feminine way of speaking with some humor in it. <laughs> if you know, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've seen me, then uh, you know that that's where I lean towards. Nevertheless, after reading this book, I learned that that perhaps I am not the problem, folks. Perhaps I am not the problem. And don't get me wrong, it made me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> I think my head got a little inflated there. I was like, ha. <laughs> I'm not bad after all. I'm just a feminine, you know, type of speaker. And now I go about feeling empowered, but also maintaining my authenticity while ensuring that I I keep my speech succinct because I know that 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 will be a problem in other people understanding what I have to say if I don't do the speech in a coherent manner. But that has nothing to do with vocal fry or any of the things for which um, a woman or someone with a feminist speech is known for. So that's one thing that I learned. Another thing that I learned was about the cuss words that are used when it comes to women and how they differ so much from the ones that they use for men. And how the ones that they use for women, this is so funny because it's like, ni de aquí, ni de allá. it's like almost as if you cannot win when you're a woman because the cuss words that are used for a woman is either to, to denote an overly sexual person or to denote someone who is not sexual at all. So it's like these very two polarizing ends to the spectrum um, that are used to craft cuss words when it comes to to women. And I was left like gasping when I read this because it, I'm not going to lie, it made me feel a bit powerless because I, I noted that there's really isn't anything that any woman can do to be seen as a full human. You're either this or you're either that. And you may be saying, oh, Johnny, you're so dramatic, right? <laughs> you're exaggerating too much when it comes to this. But Are you ready to embark on a captivating journey of resilience and revelation? Get ready to immerse yourself in the extraordinary world of Isla Delgado, a nine-year-old girl who has experienced more than her fair share of trauma. Isla's life takes a dramatic turn when she's forced to live with her dad and his new wife for six months. Her anxiety intensifies as she becomes convinced that her stepmom is an evil witch. But Isla is determined to protect herself and expose her stepmom's true nature. 
As the gripping story unfolds, Isla discovers that things aren't always as they seem. People are saying, while the alarming trend of attempting to ban books continues in the United States, this book is a fantastic reminder of the power that books have. A child will read this story and feel seen, heard, and hopefully feel some peace. For children of the appropriate age, this book provides the opportunity for a wonderful exercise in empathy. The message of this story is truly something a lot of children out there and even some adults might need to hear. Join Isla on a transformative journey of self-discovery where she learns that even the most traumatic experiences can be triumphantly overcome with the power of love and understanding. Mrs. Franchi's Evil Ring is available everywhere books are sold. When you look at cuss words and the use of them and what cuss words are being used for for women, Cuss words are things that are usually said in the heat of the moment. And it's usually um, when somebody's emotions get the best of them and they have just let their guard down, let their societal norm guard down, and they're going to throw this epithets your way and um, to try to hurt you, right? That's how I see um, when cuss words are used, it's, it's usually meant as a, an attack or a defense against somebody else. So that's why I say, like, if people use the, the N-word as an insult, it, I have a hard time believing that, that they're not racist, because why would that be the cuss word that you use? you know, on someone else. Why? You know, why, why, why? <laughs> when, you're, when your walls come down and your emotions get high, that's what comes out of your mouth. Um, so that tells me that that was just right there, right behind that wall that we try to keep up um, and try to maintain societal norms. But then as soon as that wall comes down, that's the first thing that comes out. So when I'm looking at the cuss words that is used for women, then I think about it very much the same way. When those societal norm walls come down, the first cuss words that come out when you are attacking a woman or quote unquote defending yourself against a woman with words, then it makes me think that that's how that person felt all along. Cuss words like bitch, like that's that's an animal, right? So that means that you're equating somebody to to an animal, right? So that means that they're not a human being. And um, I have a problem with that. Poor or slut, right? Which are like words that denote somebody that is highly sexually active. So now you're shaming a woman because of, of how you perceived her sexual activity. But the opposite of that doesn't happen for a man, I know you may say, oh, but there's man whore, right? Just think about that. So the word whore, we have to add man to it. 
when we're throwing, hurling this cuss word or whatever, this insult at a man, right? Uh, so that means that the standard is that a whore has to be a woman or else we wouldn't have to use man <laughs> to to make that more specific, right? Um, if If we didn't have that bias that automatically a woman with a healthy sexual appetite is it's a whore, right? Then a whore could be a man or it could be a woman. And we wouldn't have to use man whore to make it specific to a man. So just think about that as well. That's something else that I that I learned here. And, and think about any other word as well and how somebody may put man in front of it or woman in front of it. Make your own analysis when it comes to this. But the way that Montel described it was that means that the word without the, the man or woman in front of it, right? Without that, then it means that whoever doesn't have that is that's the standard. That's how they are viewed. So if we say whore, what do you think of a woman, right? Um, bitch, a woman, uh, slut, a woman, um, then when we use it on on man, then we add that. I think it's a signifier that that additional signifier of man. But then it's a little quirky, right? Then it's a little funny now when we say it. Why? Because it is not so much of an insult for a man to have a high uh, sexual appetite, right? Y'all have heard the song. I have hoes in different area codes, right? Yeah. It's um not the not the latest one. The latest one is from a woman, and I'm gonna get to that one. The original one that that had those lyrics was from a man. Now, recently we have one from a woman, and um, and it's the funniest reaction. My husband hates the song. He hates it whenever he hears it. I think it's it's quirky. I I love it because I like that we're turning the the tables on it, and uh, we're empowering women to have the same sexual freedom that, that men have had for as long as they've been alive on this earth. <laughs> and and just based off of react of the reaction that my husband has to this song, I. I understand how ingrained misogyny and the biases that we have against women are in this culture. And and that right there just proves it. And he cannot describe to me or tell me why he hates it, but I kind of know, right? Because he listens to to other um, songs like from the 90s, you know, rap songs and stuff like that that are very much uh, male-dominated songs that are all about the subjugation of women. And it has, right, to him it has good beats, all loves it, plays it, and all of that, you know. But this one, when we turn the tables and now we have a female rapper rapping this line, so now it's like, no, I don't like it. And... um in the Latin American culture is even more prevalent because when a woman takes that title on, 
And the book describes Amber Rose and her slut walk. And when a woman takes it on, it's like the media wants to portray her as this sucia, you know, as this dirty individual, because how dare she have um, sex and enjoy it so much with all these men, you know, or women. To this day, it is still there. That bias, that perception, misogyny is still very rampant. And that's, that's what I got from this book. And it was like mind-blowing, to say the least. And I'm going forward tailoring my language so that way it can be less harmful. Because something that the book said was that while it it may not change my generation or my husband's generation, it, it, it will change the generation of younger kids, the, the, the generation that is growing up right now to hear language that is not harmful, language that is not gendered. Um, because when language is gendered, it is less inclusive and it is more constrained. We're, we're molding the perception of, of these children. And it goes the same with how we talk about certain titles. A doctor, right? A doctor is a doctor. Um, sometimes we make the identification of woman doctor. You know, why? Why? Why do we have to say it that way, you know, um, or scientists? And then we say instead, woman scientists to, to specify a certain population. And as opposed to we can just all be scientists, we can all be doctors, right? So that way we don't make that differentiation because when that differentiation is made in certain instances, it becomes as if, the one where the word is put against is an exception to, just like the insults, right? A man whore is an exception to a whore. We hardly see a man whore. Why? Because they're expected to have high sexual activities, right? We hardly see women doctor. Why? Because usually what we see is just a doctor that we perceive as a man. Okay, so this book is helping me be more conscious with my language, the wording that I use. So that way I set the example with those around me, but also set the example with the children that may be listening. So they don't grow up and define themselves or put themselves in a box just based on the misogyny that is still prevalent in our language. So I will leave you with this. Read the book or or read the articles about this book or not. Or you can you can really note this in how we use language and how our society is. And I think you may find some truth in this book. Um, or something relatable to your experience in this book and do with it what you will. With me, I will be monitoring my language a little bit better now. 
All right. So thank you for listening to this amazing feministic episode of Have a Cup of Giovanni. And I hope to see you again next Wednesday. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Da, 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 da.